0: Welcome, everybody, to The Tomahawk Show, presented by Uninterrupted. I am NFD, the host for today, kind of, along with Joe Thomas.
1: I'm your humble co-host, and uh, I wish you fans at home could see the giant smile on uh, NFD's nameless, faceless body, because he is so happy to be sitting in the hosting chair right now that I'm a little worried if Andrew doesn't come back anytime soon, he might never be able to pry NFD's body out of that chair.
0: So, for those who missed last week's episode, make sure you go back, watch it, rate five stars. You'll hear that Hawk is on vacation. He's on spring break in Florida. Joe was on spring break last week in Wisconsin. I was still here in Ohio. But we all returned to work and to, to film, and Mr. Hawkins decided not to for some reason.
1: Yeah. You know, Hawk, he's, he's always been the guy that you can't really rely on. You know, he's the guy that's always taking the, the two-hour lunch breaks. Uh, he goes outside for the uh, quick smoke break, and it turns out to be a two-hour lunch where he's drinking martinis with the boys. So... He's, he's always been a little bit hard to get a hold of, uh, but hopefully we can get him back in studio next week. He is your prototypical diva wide
0: receiver. That's the best way to describe <laughs> That's him. That's the best way. I mean, you got to have him. You can't play without him, <laughs> but you just can't always love him because they don't always show up. On this week's show, we talk to Cam Jordan from the New Orleans Saints, pro bowler. Joe Thomas talks about throwing out the first pitch with the Cleveland Indians a couple of years ago. And we talk about Joe's many auditions for Thursday night football and Monday night football and how those went.
1: And don't forget, we also get... NFD's take on his opening day experience this year from the Cleveland Indians. Without any further ado, let's get right into it. Joe,
0: we all know you're on vacation last week in Wisconsin. How'd that go?
1: It was not the vacation that I'd hoped. Certainly, we planned for an amazing Easter vacation. We'd go to Minnesota to see my in-laws, and then we're going to drive down and see my parents and my, my my sister for a little while. And Well, the kids proceeded to get sick with the flu for like five days of the most epic puking and pooping Ugh. flu of all time in world history, including by day five, we had to take my middle daughter to the ER. Oh, wow. Her blood sugar was so low, she like had a hard time staying awake. So she needed to get sugar. She needed to get uh, IV fluids. And after she got that, and she they gave her something called Zofran, which is like uh, an anti-nausea drug. After she got that, she started feeling better. And then thankfully, after those five days, the kids started feeling better. But Then, of course, right at the end of the trip, I got sick with the flu. Thankfully, it was only 24 or 36 hours. It wasn't too bad, but it still wasn't fun. I hadn't had the flu for a long time. So what had plans to be an amazing spring break trip, seeing the family, enjoying some good time with some friends, turned out to be just uh, a week in the
0: infirmary of hell. Now, I put a Twitter poll up on who people would want to go on spring break with. The options were Joe in Wisconsin, Hawk in Florida, or NFD in Ohio. We had about 8,000 votes come through, 800 million thousand. 800 million thousand, yeah, right. And Joe Both actually won short. with 56%. <laughs> now, I wonder how many of those people yeah. would want to go back and change their vote after yeah. hearing how great your uh, <laughs> spring break trip was. Yeah,
1: I'm sure after hearing that story, they're probably going to gonna ask to re-vote uh, because clearly you didn't want to be with me. It was a nightmare, but I'm happy to be back in Ohio. It's been a busy few weeks, but uh, being in studio with you, Danny Boy. Uh, NFD filming another great show
0: of the Tomahawk show feels good. And just so everybody knows, I ended up with 13% of those 800,000 million votes, which (laughs) was a little bit better than actually I thought. People like Ohio. People like Ohio
1: and they like NFD. He seems to be a guy that you could drink a beer with. You know, you could be a politician. You know, that's always the standard. I like the beer part. I don't know if I like the politician part, (laughs) but that's always the standard for a politician these days. It's like, well, I feel like I could drink a beer with that guy. I'd, I'd definitely vote for him. So, Danny Boy, you got my vote for uh, president, I guess. I'm kind of more of a shot taker anyway. <laughs> you are, but not just one. You you go with two at a time. That was really impressive. We we had uh, NFD at the Super Bowl when we were doing our uh, world-famous Super Bowl shows, and uh, we took – nfd to the bars and uh we thought we were going to show him a few things of course hawk was in bed he was crying he's he's not a guy that can make it past 10 o'clock that at was night. weird that he didn't come out uh, he didn't come out i what i think it really was is he told us he was going to bed and then he was going to go hang he out with out. people that were cooler <laughs> than us going to real parties besides uh, the the stool sports one that turned out to be a huge flop uh but anyways yeah so we're, we're taking uh, NFD to the local watering hole, thinking that uh, we can show him how to drink a beer. And all of a sudden, he's ordering like three, four shots at a time. And I'm thinking one's for me, one's for him. <laughs> and no, no, they're all for him. So he turned out to be an animal. And uh, that's probably why we didn't see him for night two. He was in bed pretty early for night two. Yeah, a little
0: early. <laughs> but, uh, well, hey, what, what you been up to this, this past week? Well, my spring break, my highlight was I went to the Indians opening day. Oh, how was that? Good. I've done that for about the last. 13, 14 years in a row. Really? Take my nameless, faceless wife, nameless, faceless (laughs) brothers, uh, and some other friends and family. We meet up, go downtown, uh, went to the game. A little little chilly, but it was good. The Indians won. Are you a big baseball fan, Joe? I
1: wouldn't say I'm a big baseball fan. I love watching the Indians when I have time. I love cheering for the Indians. Um, Being in Cleveland for now 12 years, um, I've become a passionate Indians fan, although... I've never been a passionate baseball guy, so I guess you could call me like the fair-weather fan that I'll start watching in the summer when I have a little bit more time, and then once the playoffs are getting closer, I'll I'll tune in a little bit more and go to some of those games. Um, But I'm definitely a casual fan, but I like the Indians. Can you tell us a story about the time you threw out the first pitch for the Indians?
0: Did you do it one time or more than once?
1: I've only thrown it out once. Um, They said once was enough. They said, (laughs) thanks, but no thanks.
0: You can keep the ball, but just don't come back. Uh,
1: So it was my rookie year, I think... It was like in May. It was you know shortly after uh, the draft, and they invited Brady, Quinn, and myself, both the first-round picks that year, to go th- throw out the first pitch, which I was ecstatic about. They made us jerseys, I think had our names on the back, and we got to go out there, and both of us threw out the first pitch. And I'll never forget when we were in the dugout, the uh, pitching coach was talking to us, and he said, now if you've never thrown from off a mound – Aim higher than you usually would because most people throw it right into the dirt (laughs) because you're you're thrown up off this mound, you're not used to it, and you don't want to be that guy that embarrassingly one hops it or two hops it to the catcher. So how your legend of Cleveland could have been so much different. Yeah, that would have been bad. So I'm thinking to myself, man, I really better throw this hard, obviously, because you don't want to be a wimp and throw it, you know, 40 miles an hour, but you also don't want to throw it in the dirt. So I'm like, okay, he said aim high. So I'm gonna aim high. I'm gonna aim like right over the catcher's head. That should put it right right down the pike. Right. So I get out there and I think Brady threw the first one. Of course, he's a quarterback. He probably was an all American baseball player in high school and he throws this beautiful strike and all the, all the women in the crowd go wild. Oh, Brady, he's amazing. And he's so good looking. And so I'm ready to step up there and I'm like, okay, a lot of pressure's on me now. Cause Brady threw a nice one. And, uh, I get up there and I'm thinking, all right, aim high, aim high, but throw it hard. So I threw it as hard as I possibly could and I aimed high, but it turns out that I aimed a little too high because the catcher was sitting there in his little catcher stance and it went so high that he didn't even try to catch it. (laughs) He didn't even like put his arm straight up in the air to try to catch the ball. He just sat there and watched it sail over his head, like 10 feet over his head into the backstop behind him. (laughs) And then he came out and shook my hand and everyone was kind of laughing about it. But uh,
0: the key is to aim high, but not that high, I guess. Now, that would be a dream of mine. We need to call up the Indians and have the Tomahawk show all throughout the first pitch. I think that's great. We, we need to have a Tomahawk
1: day at the stadium. Ooh, You'd think they'd let us have a couple of those guys come on the show and maybe let us throw
0: out the first pitch? I don't see why not. Yeah, I don't see why not. Let's put it on the calendar. We'll we'll book it and tell them <laughs> what day we're going to show up. Uh, but what's interesting to me is that you guys didn't throw the pitch at the same time. So it actually sounds like you didn't throw out the first pitch, you <laughs> threw out the second pitch. <laughs> yes, that's true. The the interesting thing about the first
1: pitch thing is it's now it's real ceremonial and there's not a first pitch anymore. It's not like you throw out the pitch, give the ball to the pitcher and then the game starts. This was like half hour before the game and there was a line of people i mean it was not it was special but it wasn't like we were the only ones out there i want to say there was probably five or six people that all threw out the first pitch so who basically all, can you remember who else was out there with you? no i don't even who
0: remember ranked who ranked with was. the browns first round yeah, picks was, of 2007
1: uh, yeah <laughs> it was uh you know somebody in the browns maintenance department i think <laughs> and uh you know berea municipal department uh i no i i forget who it was um but uh it was still a really cool experience, and I'd love to be able to do that again. And there's actually one other thing that I would like to do. Um, I'd like to take batting practice once with the Indians. I think that would be kind of fun. That's something that you see like Russell Wilson, J.J. Watt, some of these other high-profile guys now that I'm high-profile. The real stars. The real stars of the NFL. They get to go take batting practice with their their uh, baseball team, and I think that would be kind of fun. I think it would be fun to get out there. and So maybe when we do the Tomahawk show out there, we can do batting practice and throw out the first pitch. I'm I'm down, sign me up. The problem is though, now we're gonna have to like practice not throwing the catchers <laughs> head? <laughs> throws and swings because I haven't swung a baseball bat since high school.
0: Sounds like you'd be just as good at that as you were throwing the first baseball. <laughs> yeah. A lot of swings and misses, it sounds like in my future. But you had some other uh you weren't just at Wisconsin, you also had another trip recently. So
1: it's been a busy two weeks. Like when we put it on the calendar way back uh towards January, we had big plans. This is gonna be, you know, our big traveling couple weeks here to go see family, go home. And this was before I decided to retire. Um, but then as the off season progressed and I started doing auditions for different broadcast media jobs, I went to ESPN, did the car wash out there, did NFL live and some of those shows with them. And then Uh, Went out to L.A. to audition with Fox Sports for a desk job, but also their Thursday night uh, caller analyst position. And then um, ESPN called because John Gruden, of course, took the head coaching job with the Oakland Raiders. So they're trying to fill his position now. And so I agreed to go and audition with them. And um, it was crazy trying to shoehorn that into my schedule just because – The off-season for NFL players is usually like booked up because that's like the only time of the year you have time to yourself where you can do things, see family, see friends, go on vacation, do whatever you want to do. So we always have that booked. So we had that whole thing booked before I decided to retire, and then all of a sudden I decided to retire. And so I've already got an off-season book. Now I'm trying to book like basically two off-seasons into one. (laughs) So I'm taking all these auditions, all this travel, all these things going on in my life and uh, fit them into a schedule that's already pretty full. So got back from Wisconsin on uh, Friday night and then had the flu Saturday. Sunday was able to fly to Bristol, feeling a little bit better on Monday. And then on Tuesday was my actual audition with Monday Night Football. Me, uh, Joe Tessitore, who's going to be the play-by-play guy for Monday Night Football this year, and um, Jay Rothman, who's a producer. We all got together. Monday night and you know, kind of did some uh, some training on, on my part. Because I've got no training. I'm a complete rookie in this whole thing. I don't really know anything about it. I've never called a game. I haven't really thought about doing it ever in my career. So it was not something that's ever been on the radar. Um, so it was great to spend some time with those guys to help them
0: kind of teach me the business, the flow of things. Yeah, why don't you walk us through that a little bit? I mean, do you guys just sit at like a makeshift booth and watch... A game on tv or how do you go through that so getting to the
1: actual audition like in addition to them sending me a, a binder that was like four inches thick of all like the notes and the things that you have to read through and know going into the game um you sit there and you have kind of mini production meetings with each other to try to at least talk about all right you know the first let's say 15 plays of the game on on either side of the ball it's just like a a coach would go into the game with his openers right and for them they're thinking okay everybody's just starting to tune into the game so don't get too detailed or specific just kind of start welcoming people to the game so they talked about um kind of painting with broad brush strokes at the beginning of the game with your commentary rather than getting too detailed and specific so these were all great things that i learned but when you actually get down to the audition i think our audition started at you know, 10 or whatever after you go around the building and you kind of meet everybody that's the decision makers for Monday Night Football then 10 o'clock or so we actually went to the booth which is in Bristol it's uh, it's a studio that's got a big curtain behind you but you've got a big like 50 inch flat screen in front of you and then you got a couple other monitors around you that have different shots from the game and then you got a mic and headset and then for the most part they try to recreate what it's like being in the booth as much as possible So you were in the headset and you've got your producer in your ear and he's kind of giving you a a preview of, okay, we got an ISO on the receiver coming up in the the next play. So then you have to kind of think about, all right, now I got to think about saying something about what the receiver did on this play. So, um, it was a, it was a great experience. I learned a lot, very interesting, but you know. Clearly, just being there, if um, I do want to get into broadcasting or anything, I've got a lot to learn about the business just because I don't really know anything yet, but I feel like I've made tremendous strides already just in the couple auditions that I've had and just the little bit of prep work that I've been able to get from the guys that I auditioned
0: with. Well, if you were to grade yourself on your audition, yeah. what would it be?
1: Well, um, if I could go higher than an A+, plus, I would, but I, <laughs> I can't, so I'm going to go with like a C. So what teams did you watch? <laughs> So, like, was, was it a game? Yeah, we actually seen before. It was a game that I did not see, but they told me in advance what game it was, which was different than the Fox audition. So, when I auditioned for Thursday Night Football, they didn't tell me anything. Like, they didn't send me anything. It went in cold. It, it, it was totally cold. They didn't tell me what game it was going to be, other than, hey, when you show up, you know, we'll pick you up from the airport. And when we pick you up, we'll give you the. Uh, flip card, which is the card that has both teams on it and the, the rosters, rosters yeah. right? So, uh, and I'm completely unprepared. I don't have an agent at this point. I still don't have a broadcast agent, so I didn't have anybody that I'm was available. Even prepping me. Yeah, right. I'm sure you know a lot about uh, being a color commentator, <laughs> but usually, if you have a broadcast agent, you've got somebody who can coach you up, who can teach you the game a little bit, teach you what you should be looking for, what you should be talking about. Um, so I went into the Thursday night thing, no, know- knowing nothing at all. Like, I didn't know a thing. I thought. Uh, I mean, I just was like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to show up and just do my best and hope that they see that I'm coachable, right? So uh, walking out of that one, I didn't even know what I didn't know, right? Yeah. So you walk out of it like, I don't even know if I did well or I did <laughs> poorly because they're not going to tell me. And I don't even know what I'm supposed to be sounding like. Uh, and so we had dinner after the Thursday night audition in LA and they they asked me like, how do you think you did? And like, do you think this was a good representation of who you would be if we hired you to be the color person. And I said, honestly, I don't even know because I'm not even <laughs> sure what I'm supposed to be talking about or supposed to be saying or how am I supposed to do this because I've literally had zero coaching or prep work at all. So it was great being able to do the Monday night one because they gave me the game, so I was able to go and watch the game. Uh, they gave me a binder of like their notes before the game, so I was able to read up on the storylines and the games. Um, and then the con- like. It seemed to me that with the Monday Night guys, they they really wanted to help me prepare to put my best foot forward because they really wanted me to do well. I'm not going to say they want me to get the job, but you could tell that they were going to spend some time before I walked into that studio to try to make me feel comfortable so that I could do a good job and get the
0: best version of myself. I mean, that's just two different trains of thought. One, going at it cold just to see how you are, yeah. straight cold, and then get coached up. Or this way, yeah. it's more representative of how you'd be, you know, studying, knowing what you're talking about before you go in.
1: No doubt. So it was two different chains of thoughts. I don't know which one is right or wrong, but it was just different. Um, So I felt like the Monday night one, although it was rough because I'm still inexperienced, I felt better about being in there and being a bit more comfortable and allowing my personality to show a little bit because I wasn't as focused on the details of exactly what was happening in the game because I knew a little bit more about the teams when you're going into a game and it's cold you don't know anything about the teams and, and when I was in in LA doing the Thursday night game it was Seattle and LA Rams and they're in the NFC West we play those guys once every four years so these aren't even teams I'm really familiar with you know if I walked into a cold game and it was Cincinnati and Pittsburgh I could yeah. do that all day long because we play those guys twice a year And every year for the last 11 years, they've had the same head coaches for the most part running the same systems. That'd be easy, right? But I'm doing Seattle and LA. I don't know the first thing about these teams. And especially because LA is a new coach. So when we played the Rams a few years ago, they don't even have the same coaching staff. They don't have the same quarterback. But the only same same person they have is Aaron Donald. This is obviously the guy that uh, everybody knows. And um, so Seattle, I knew a little bit more just because we had played them a few years ago and it's the same staff for the most part. Um, but anyways, that's that's a long rambling answer, but uh, I felt better walking out of the Monday night game because it was Kansas City and Tennessee. It was the playoff wild card game okay. from this year. I hadn't watched it live at the time because I was uh, on vacation. You as can usual. Me about that as, as usual. And we didn't have uh, cable where I was in Mexico, uh, but I was able to watch it this past weekend. So... I did have an idea of kind of what happened, and it was a little bit easier being able to listen to the broadcast one time to sort of have an idea of what they were looking for more than just watching. So, in you watched
0: cold. the game a couple of days before you did your audition for that right. game. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, what I didn't want to have happen was me watch the game and come up with like a routine. Like I was a stand up comedian <laughs> and be able to just go in there and recite the routine. And I think. Their safeguard against somebody doing that was they wanted you to react to what your play-by-play guy gave to you. So he would tee you up with stuff that maybe wasn't happening on the TV or that wasn't being replayed so that you still had that element of surprise and that okay. you had to be able to kind of go off the cuff and
0: and go back and forth a little bit with your play-by-play guy. So you weren't like, okay, on this play, I bet he's going to throw a 15-yard right, hitch. Right, right,
1: exactly. <laughs> and, and they weren't giving you the Tony Romo uh, – Brownie points by guessing what the play <laughs> was, because obviously you knew what the play was, but that, that did make it a touch tricky because you knew what was going to happen, obviously, cause you'd watch the game. So you didn't want to sit there and act like a know-it-all, but at the same time, you knew what happened. So it was hard to like talk because you knew what the answer was and you didn't, you, you had to kind of walk that fine line between knowing what happened already and acting like a good color person
0: would add a little bit of color to the game for the people at home now did you have like your own catchphrase did you did you try your catchphrases like the <laughs> boom goes the dynamite what's your catchphrase <laughs>
1: i was thinking about boom goes the dynamite and uh, i thought maybe that had been uh, taken already so um i didn't use any catchphrases i thought that maybe that would sound too canned You know, I I thought, maybe let's wait on this, right? So I only watched the game one time because I didn't want to watch it too many times to have everything kind of in my head. I wanted it to be as much of an audition as a practice for me. So I wanted to keep it as natural so that I could get better at this because whether I get the Thursday night or the Monday night job or not, I want to get better at this. So maybe next year or the following year or whatever it is, maybe I would have an opportunity to have another one of these jobs um, down the line if I don't get any of these jobs and I just want to get better at it. You know, whatever I do in this life, uh, after football, I want to be good at it. And I think that was one of the things that stressed me out going into these auditions, especially this, this latest one with Monday night football was I want to be good at everything I do. And so going into something that I had no experience doing, there was a lot to learn and a lot I knew going in that I wasn't going to know and I wasn't going to be good at
0: and that that's hard for me a guy that's always been a perfectionist. But you clearly signed off at the end with Joe Hawk yourself, right?
1: Yeah, that was the last thing I said, <laughs> you know, as uh the, the Titans are winning the game on the last drive, <laughs> I made sure to throw in a Joe Hawk yourself and a podcast plug. <laughs> um
0: on your way home from the airport. I heard you were mistaken for a yeah, professional Yeah, so that wrestler. was
1: funny. So, um the night before the audition, I didn't sleep but an hour you know just you got things going through your head all the prep work you've been doing is popping up and um, there's nerves which is really strange because I always slept like a baby the night before a football game though because I felt really prepared you know I never walked into an NFL game thinking I wasn't prepared because I always had the coaching through the week I always had my own study like I knew what to do what to expect who I was going to play against and even though I knew the game that I was going to be doing and how it ended, it's still such a a new space for me that I knew there was going to be a lot of times where I didn't know what I was doing and I was going to have to wing it. And so that gives you an uneasy feeling, you know. It's like walking into a test when you know you didn't study, or you knew there was things on the on the test that you couldn't study for, and you were going to be a little bit inexperienced on. So I didn't sleep much the night before um, the audition. Obviously, it's it's stressful, but you you want to you know, let your personality out and try to be yourself as much as possible. So once it was over, there was like that sense of relief and I get to the airport, but I got to the airport like three hours ahead of time. Cause that's just when they dropped me off. You know, they were, they were sick of me. So they were, they dumped me at the
0: airport in uh, Hartford, Connecticut. I do know this about you though, Joe. If you ever see Joe on Twitter, put out multiple tweets <laughs> in a row, like several tweets in a row. He's yeah. at the airport. No, I'm at the airport. He's just for sitting sure. there wasting time. That's yeah. how he wastes absolutely. time.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Dan, you know me too well. That's for sure. Uh, so I'm sitting at the Hartford airport, and like an idiot, I'd forgotten my phone charger the whole weekend <laughs> or the whole the whole uh, trip to Hartford. And so I'm at one of these like free charging stations because I'm too cheap to buy a phone charger at the little (laughs) phone kiosk. So I'm sitting at like one of the public phone chargers. I'm sitting on the ground and I see these two kids like kind of like giving me the hide and go seek stare. And I and I look over at them, I'm like, what's going on, but guys? Because like occasionally as a pro football player, kids will look at you and they're not quite sure if you play in the NFL or you played in the NFL but they want to come up to you and say something. And I know it's like a little bit awkward for them. So usually I'll, if I notice that, I'll say something to them. I'm like, Hey, what's going on, man? You want a picture or an autograph or whatever? And usually they're like, not really. No, no, no. thank you. No, thanks. <laughs> I thought you were JJ Watt. You know, then I would have <laughs> taken your autograph. Uh, but so I said that to these kids and the one guy goes, oh, I'm a huge fan. And I, I'm like, oh man, well, I appreciate that. And, he, and then he, he proceeded to say something about like, uh, When's your next match for the WWE? <laughs> I started laughing. I'm like, "What?" And I told him I'm not in the WWE, and he said something about, uh, "Oh, well, I'm a huge fan of Finn Adler, who I guess is a wrestler in Finn w- Balor. Finn, oh, Balor, Finn Bad Finn Balor, who's a WWE wrestler. I think he's from Ireland. I think he's an Irish wrestler. He's like six foot, two hundred pounds.
0: So a spot on doppelganger so for you. He looks exactly like me." <laughs>
1: The only thing I could think of is maybe because I was sitting on the ground, they had no idea like how tall I was. Um, And I don't know, maybe they saw my beard and my hair and they'd never seen a guy with a beard before. (laughs) And so they just put the two and two together. Uh, but I had to unfortunately break those two kids' hearts and tell them I was not a WWE wrestler. Uh, I was a famous podcast host <laughs> and after I told them that they, uh, walked away and they didn't ask for an autograph <laughs> or a photo.
0: So, I uh, had to ruin, ruin some days. I'm sure Finn Balor never been more insulted in his life.
1: Well, so I, I was like, who is this guy? And I went on to my, uh, trusty Google phone, uh, and I typed in the name. And sure enough, the guy's got like over a million social media followers. He's like a big, huge star in
0: in the wrestling world. So we should get him on the Tomahawk Show.
1: Well, that's what I said. We obviously have to have him and Gary Barnage on the Tomahawk Show because Gary Barnage is a passionate wrestling supporter. He goes to WrestleMania every year. He goes to WrestleMania. I think he sleeps with uh, Ultimate Warriors stuffed animals <laughs> in his bed. I mean he's a, he's a monstrous fan so maybe we can uh, if if we can't get
0: Finn Balor maybe we can get Gary to pretend to be Finn Balor and come on the show. Fun story about Gary. He was actually on one of those WWE spin-off TV shows. It was Total Divas where it's all the the Was he the wrestlers. diva? No. But he went on a date with one of them <laughs> oh, and it was on TV and it was really? hilarious watching him go on a like scripted date. <laughs> yeah. He said the whole thing was like pretty much scripted like they told him what to say, what to do. Which is
1: good for Gary because he probably doesn't know what to say to a girl anyway. So, (laughs) Uh, No, I remember that um, we were in a team meeting and the fun thing about being in the NFL, one of the many fun things, and and even in college, is the head coach is always trying to find ways to needle his players during those team meetings to keep everybody kind of into it and alive and awake. And uh, I think it does build a level of, Uh, esprit de corps camaraderie uh, when you're able to all be in a big group together and you're kind of busting balls and stuff Um, so Hugh a couple years ago found that video of Gary I think it was Hugh I think it was either Hugh or or Petten but anyways they found that video of Gary on the date, and he looked so awkward and out of place. It was great. They played it in the big screen, and he just turned red and started sweating. It was just so funny. But the girl was really cute. I mean, he, he could have done worse for himself.
0: Good for Gary. Yeah, good for Gary. Maybe we'll get Gary on the show, and we can ask him all these great wrestling questions. Well, circling back to you know NFL news, some lineman news here. Richie Incognito, I'm not sure how well you know him, but he recently announced that he's going to be retiring. What do you I think about that?
1: I saw that. Um, it's interesting. Obviously, uh, I was sitting in the cafeteria in Berea this morning eating breakfast before my workout, and uh, there was a ticker on the bottom line that said, Richie Incognito has said he is retiring, which made it s- – it was so funny to me because he didn't I've never a- seen that before because <laughs> when, when a player announces they're retiring – Usually, the ticker says Richie Incognito has Retired. announced his retirement. Yeah. <laughs> this one just said Richie Incognito is saying he's retiring <laughs> because clearly they don't believe it. We don't know for sure. Yeah, they clearly don't believe it because there's a lot of speculation. Obviously, Richie has a little bit of a uh, checkered past, being involved with the bullying accusations and some issues he had after he was uh, suspended from the league. Um, and you know, he's got a reputation to be a loose cannon a little bit throughout his career. So I think everyone is suspecting that the bills asked him to take a pay cut, which he agreed to, and he's mad about it. And so this is his way of leveraging for more money or something like that, just saying he's going to retire. Uh, but he's fully committed according to his Twitter page that he's definitely retiring. And it's because of, Health reasons, um, and he he made some points that I can definitely relate to. His his point was he's retiring for health reasons. Apparently, he did some blood work a few months ago, and his um, enzymes for his kidneys and his liver, which is I think a marker of how hard they're working, were really elevated. Right, and his point was the lifestyle of being an NFL offensive lineman of eating the amount that you have to eat, specifically carbohydrates, proteins, to be able to keep the bulk on, to be a big offensive lineman, uh, is really taxing on your not only uh, your joint from being that that heavy, but your internal organs from processing all those carbohydrates and all those proteins on a daily basis and keeping your cells nice and big and, and fat to be able to go out and play at uh, 360 or 340, whatever Richie plays at, um, and so I think he's, according to his Twitter page, is um, looking to just get into a little bit more healthy lifestyle. And I can definitely relate. Um, that's one of the things that I'm excited about in retirement is losing weight, getting a little bit more healthy, eating more of a balanced diet that's a little bit less taxing on my internal organs and my joints, and and just finding that right balance in life where you can eat and live long-term and, and feel good about yourself. and and have that healthy lifestyle. Because once you get in your 30s, I think Richie's a year older than me, so he's maybe 34, 35. So you've lost enough weight to where people think you are
0: a professional wrestler who weighs 200 pounds. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. So I'm I'm <clears throat> 270 right now. I'd like to get down to 250. Um, and I'm feeling better. My, my joints are feeling better. I still have a hard time standing. That's my biggest complaint right now is more than a minute of standing because of the bone-on-bone spots in my knees and, and the bulging disc in my back. And Arthritis in my knees and the hips. Uh, when I stand, those bones just rest on each other, and and I get a lot of bone pain, which is not fun. Um, but it's funny because walking around, working out, those type of things th- doesn't seem to bother it too much. Um, it's just the standing. that's really a, a, a wear and tear, and, and it's a drag. But hopefully that gets better as I lose more weight. But either way, um, Richie has said he's retiring. I believe him. Um, I wish him the best. He's a guy I got to meet a few times at Pro Bowls. He's a very fun, interesting character. I think he would be really good if he got a podcast. If he, Or uh, if we got him on we got him on our, our podcast. podcast. If he was a guy that would uh, join Barstool Sports like Pat, Pat McAfee, I think he'd do great. So, uh, Either way, Richie's got a, a bright future outside of football if he truly
0: does decide to retire this well, offseason. Well, he had a quote that I, I found interesting. He said that he wants and thinks he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, I, I find that interesting because, I mean, he's – I mean, he's a really good player. I mean, he's multiple time Pro Bowl. Yeah, I, I think he's think three made three or, three or four, four ro- Pro Bowls.
1: He's yeah. had a nice career, especially um, for a while there. He was out of the league, and and people didn't want right. to touch great him. Great comeback he, story. All yeah. of a sudden, he comes back. He kind of turns things around with uh, Buffalo. With Buffalo, makes a bunch of Pro Bowls, and and he's had a great career. Um, but I think to make that bridge from great player, Pro Bowl player, to Hall of Famer, you kind of have to take things to the next level, and um, he thinks he's done enough to make the Hall of Fame. Um, when you look at the guards in the NFL that are in the Hall of Fame and the guys that are kind of on the door waiting to get in, you look at guys like Alan Fanica and Steve Hutchinson. Hutchinson yeah, Those are two guys that have been up for the Hall of Fame and have not gotten in, who've got had twice as many Pro Bowls as Richie, have Super Bowl championships, um, and they have not gotten in. And so I think at this point, pending any more – uh, Pro Bowls or any more football for Richie, it's going to be tough for him to get in the NF- into the NFL Hall of Fame. I don't think he's done enough yet, but I could be wrong. I mean, it's it's uh, not him versus guards. It's when you're going in the Hall of Fame, it's you versus every guard. all NFL players and all guards of all time, and you got to be above a certain standard for those Hall of Fame voters to say you deserve to be put into the class
0: of the greatest of all time in the game. So we'll see. All right, now let's switch gears here. Joe had a chance to catch up with Cameron Jordan earlier today. Let's check that out.
1: I'm very excited to have the Saints all-pro defensive end Cam Jordan with us. Thank you for being on the show today, Cam.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. All right,
1: let's get right into this. Uh, I know one of the questions I always ask NFL players when I see them in the offseason is, what have you been up to? Because uh, I always tell people one of the best parts about the NFL is the offseason season. It's unlike college, you know, where you have to go right back into it in January. If if you're in the NFL, you get from the end of your season until just about mid-April where you can kind of do whatever you want, whether that's training, go back to school, uh, go on vacations, whatever it is. But I always found a lot of fun time to go on vacation to kind of better myself. Mr. Jordan, what have you been up to this offseason?
2: Yeah, I mean, a normal offseason involved, you know, traveling and just trying to broaden my in terms of the you know, countries I've seen and the places that I've gone um this offseason you know I try to keep, keep to that track I went out to the uh, Bahamas went to the birthplace of the Bahamas went out to Luthor um uh Cone Familia and uh you know really just enjoyed a week there before I had to take care of some uh some in-season pains you know, I had a quick little uh snip and uh I would say snip but uh, I was more like a shave I had a quick little bonus for taking off and uh Really, just been rehabbing since. So, as you know, any minor injury can uh, can can disrupt the whole off season. So, I've been stuck here. Well, actually, <laughs> I finally got to go ahead to go home to rehab here. So, I've been here for almost a week. So, where's home for you? Good old Chandler and, um keep it out some talent. The same me, Deion Jordan, Isaac uh, I, I'm, you know, I could probably ramble off a couple more. I mean. Uh, probably not playing channel high but you know he started his career
1: there so he claimed him more than he claims <laughs> us. uh arizona a lot of a lot of guys seem to like spending time in arizona in the offseason la miami those seem to be like the three most popular places but uh one thing i wanted to ask you about was some of your travel i know one of my good friends is alex mack he was uh i believe a former teammate of yours in cal he's a, another guy that's got the travel bug and he's been to some amazing places in the offseason i'm Kind of like a, a junior traveler. I've got three kids, so I don't get as many traveling opportunities as I used to. But uh, I've had the a privilege of doing a USO tour, going to Afghanistan and Qatar, uh, Switzerland, Italy. Been to some cool places. What's your favorite off-season trip that you've had so far?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, similarly, I did the USO uh, tour last year. I got to go to you know, Bahrain and the UAE and. Um, Honestly, you know, I I had never even heard of Bahrain until I got there and realized, like, you know, what our military presence meant, Um, just being in the Middle East as well as, you know, just being able to walk around and uh, sort of get a feel for the culture, you know, being so much different from ours. Um, But some of my favorite places have been, you know, uh, Brazil, go over to Argentina, um, and I'm a kid from Arizona, so I'm always in Mexico, you know, whether that be Cabo or, um, you know, Ensenada or whatever it is, Mexico City even, like um, just being able to, to get out and see things I've never seen before. Um, you know, I can say w- Western Europe, but almost everybody goes there. I'd, mm-hmm. like to, I'd like to be able to dive in deeper, you know. I've been to Javaskara, Finland. I've been to Helsinki, Finland. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. At some point, I'd like to say I've seen the whole world, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, one day I hope they'll get there. But I'm sort of on your path, you know, with multiple kids. My traveling days are slowing down. <laughs>
1: out. You got to get it in now before they start getting any older, right? So you went to Argentina and Finland. I, I got to say that I've heard there's a lot of cool things to do there. What did you do when you were in Argentina?
2: Um, that was in my super younger days. I was like my rookie rookie in the league. Um, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I, I feel like I have to go back to to actually enjoy. You know, when, you, when you're 21, 22, what was that, 22 at the time? Um, I was trying to drink my way through. through <laughs>
1: they got good wine. That's what I hear.
2: For sure. You know, that was my first introduction to Marbex. But um, <laughs> I was drinking, you know, from, I took cappuccino from Brazil and just kept on the train, for, uh, you know, trying to uh, tequila my way through. <laughs> uh, and as much as I remember Brazil, I'm like, Argentina? Argentina was somewhere I could have stopped off and uh-huh. actually enjoyed my time. So you know, one day, hopefully, i take my uh, other half there.
1: Were you in Buenos Aires, or were you out in the country when you were in Argentina? Of course I was. Okay.
2: Of course I was. When you think I was in you like, what, what country to just like Brazil, we were just in Rio.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, like, that was going to be, you now I'm only, like, if I hate a main city, I always also gonna stay long enough to get, like, some sub-suburban areas some you know, some places that maybe not everybody talks about, like. You know, me and my brother went off to Tokyo, but we also hit Kyoto, we also hit Mount Fuji, we also hit uh, Kobe, and, like, another different spot. Um, just just to say, hey, we actually have been in Japan. And as you get older, you understand that it's not just about, you know, going to a place, but it's about exploring and getting lost into the culture.
1: Did you climb Mount Fuji? I went to Tokyo, like, five or six <laughs> years ago. And uh, they said if you wanted to climb it, you got to start at, like, five in the morning and it takes you all day and you got to make sure you got the appropriate amount of water or you're just going to not make it.
2: Oh, no way. No, 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 no,
1: no, no. <laughs> you looked at Mount Fuji. You didn't climb it. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. I, I observed Mount
1: Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had Mount, Mount Fuji, a uh, Japanese restaurant for dinner. Uh, well, interesting. That's great. I, I love to travel, man. Uh, I'd love to get to some of those places. It sounds like a lot of fun. Um, do you follow any interesting workout routines in the off season? I know that uh, Aaron Donald has gotten a lot of acclaim here in the last few weeks because he gives all of his friends these knives and then he just lets uh, them attack him all day. And that's supposedly how he's become such a great defensive lineman. And I was wondering if uh, you do anything similar or uh, if you had uh, any interesting offseason routines you could share with us.
2: Yeah, you know, I like to say that, uh, you know, my daughter comes at me with her, uh, her spoons. Breakfast. This <laughs> is what I was, was my uh, my hands But Definitely nothing as extreme as you know even the the videos where I, you know whether the blades be you know sharp or not, um, the, the velocity in which they're coming at them uh, is alarming. Um, no, none of that. <laughs> um, but we talk about you know the ability to be a lineman. The you know you should have to live what you live what you do. Um, you know I'm always playing around with my brother, my older brother like wrestling. And, you know we're always playing hand games with each other um just in terms of uh d-line pro- progression um but yeah nothing that crazy nothing that absurd
1: i always thought it was really funny because you see these guys in the off season, you know like aaron with his knives and everything and you know, it's it's a classic NFL thing. He's got, like, a buddy who's a trainer who's like, hey, why don't we try, you know, I'm going to stab you, and then uh, you try to knock my hands away, and this will make you better. And you start doing it for a while, and you're like, yeah, whatever. But you're such a great player like Aaron Donald is that he's got all these guys watching him, and they're all thinking, wow, that's the secret to being a great player. Like, as if his talent and his work ethic and like, football things had nothing to do with it. It was this ridiculous knife drill that he put on Twitter one time. Right. <laughs>
2: Right, I was going to say, what about what about the two guys behind them that didn't get that acclaim? Yeah, you know, that's there's, right. There's other guys in line going next. Yeah. What, what about those guys? Give <laughs> them a shout out too. That's right. That's right. They actually died.
1: Uh, R.I.P. They they didn't make it. Their hands weren't quick enough. Well, hey, let's talk football <laughs> a little bit. Um, I know you guys had a, a new quarterback. All right, he's not new, I guess, but he signed a new contract this off season. You've only played for one quarterback. In your entire career, uh, obviously that is Drew Brees. There was a tiny bit of speculation, being that he's a free agent, that they waited so long to extend him that there was potentially a chance that he was going to go somewhere else. There was some rumors that maybe Minnesota had offered him a contract, but was there ever any concern from your end that Drew was not going to end up in a Saints uniform next year?
2: No, I mean when two sides, you know, when, when two sides are showing loyalty to, loyalty to each other, um, I'm not saying it's a rarity, but doesn't give you that that uh, clarity of, hey, we want this guy back. You know, they say, hey, if the car is wrong right. But when, you know, the Saints come out and say, hey, we're doing everything in our power to get this deal done, so we're really not worried about it. And Drew says, hey, we're doing everything in my power to get this deal done, so I'm not worried about it. It gives, you know, the players ease of mind of knowing who your quarterback is going to be. You know, um, when both of them want to get the job done, I've got no no reason to believe it otherwise especially after,
1: you know, the, the great careers that he had, that he had in the uh, Orleans. So Kirk Cousins became the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history this offseason. Um, he's a guy, in my opinion, that's sort of, if you went 1 through 32 with all the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, he'd probably be ranked somewhere 16, 17. So he's firmly a median quarterback in the NFL, but he's paid like the top guy because of timing, we all know about that. But uh, Drew Brees took less than he could have got on the free market to – go back to New Orleans because of the history he's got there and obviously his love for the city and vice versa, but does the team show a guy like that love when he comes back and he's willing to take less money to be able to stay in the same situation or are you guys like, dude, you make so much more money than us anyway, you should be giving us the love? <laughs>
2: Joe, I'm answer that one for yourself. You've yeah, <laughs> been around the league. Um, you know, it's, you know, you understand the quarterback is going to do, do good things for the team. You understand um everything you know that he took a pay cut he's also making two times more than the next highest <laughs> <they> player um <laughs> you know we're excited to have Drew back you know we exact- we know exactly what he's bringing to the table and um you know for anybody who says that A's them down I I pointed last season and then I put proof- put that as proof as otherwise um you can only hope that you know not only does he recreate the magic that he uh displayed last year but uh, we as a defense rise to the challenge of you know stopping any uh, offenses from trying to uh, change our plans we have for ourselves.
1: Speaking of offenses in your division, you've got a pretty fun, interesting rivalry with Cam Newton, another one of these great quarterbacks uh-huh. in the NFL. And I'm just curious, being that I didn't ever played in the NFC South and we only played a couple times in my career, um, how did that rivalry start with you and Cam? Um, you know, it's really not a rivalry. He's
2: a he's a you know hundred million dollar quarterback. <laughs> um, and, you know, I don't know if he even pays attention to anything I do. I try to catch him, you know, uh, a couple quarterback hits, a couple sacks, a couple of hurries. Um, but that's what I try to do to every quarterback. When you talk about just how freakishly athletic, uh, Cam Newton is, it's probably more of a deep respect than anything. Um, you know, and, and honestly, we, we both know, or we all know in the NFL that, you know, if Cam does get hit, he. He does look for, you know, a little rough call. You know, if LeBron gets a foul, he's looking for a little rough help as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or if he doesn't get a foul. I mean, at some point, you know, quarterbacks will look for a rest to help him out, you know, especially if they get, you know, beams from the, from the backside. Uh, at the, you know, it's, my, it's I feel like it's my job to try and foster the quarterback, and I, I sometimes go out of my way to do so.
0: You're
1: a fun guy. Obviously, you have a lot of fun when you're on the field on Sundays. Do you try to play into that rivalry a little bit with the little uh, WWE magic? And does Cam give it back to you at all? Are you able to get him off his game at all? Like, when you're on that field with him, do you ever look him in the eye and you say, all right, I know I'm in your head right now. I know he's thinking about me instead of the coverage on this play.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like to think that way. Um, but I don't know. I don't, honestly, I don't know if I rattled. I mean, we've hit him, and we've, we've hit him a lot definitely you know, this last year. Um, and as much as, you know, i like, you know, I love, love to hit cam, I love to see him like flail around you know, roll around <laughs> and stuff and then he just has done the extras. Mm-hmm. At the same time, this year was kind of the most calm and uh, uh in control that I've seen him and it was, you know, uh, it's it's almost unnerving after you uh, lay a major hit on him and he just pops right back up. Um the greatest thing about this season is you know, we we really didn't let him into the end zone for so the, the whole unleash. In the you know putting a, putting a marker forward and you know everything that he can do to you know hype up his team uh, we sort of sort of eliminated all of that uh, the, the extras anyways and so we get down to it we, we did everything in our power to uh, come away with not one but two but three wins that normally would never see to happen.
1: I've got a lot of respect for Drew Brees, Cam Newton. I think those guys would be in my top five quarterbacks in the NFL. If you had to name your top five quarterbacks in the nfl what would it sound like
2: um uh if i had if i if i don't put drew number one um
1: <laughs> he's not letting you that back that in the locker I'm room so guys. we'll just pencil that in as number one here.
2: yeah so drew um you know it would probably be like aaron Rodgers, tom brady camden um one more, I mean Roethlisberger, possibly.
1: Okay, then Roethlisberger. all right. that's be, pretty solid. He'd
2: be, yeah, he'd be T five. You know, T five. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like Ben Roethlisberger, um, and I sort of, I sort of hate to play Case Keenum now. Oh, but I can't. You know.
1: Okay, sure.
2: He, he he's just might. He's my dark horse because he's okay. uh, coming from nowhere.
1: Sure. Okay. Now, top five current offensive linemen in the NFL, guys that. Uh, you know it's going to be a long day when you're going to play against them. Not because they're nasty or they finish, but they're just good players and you know it's going to be tough to beat them. You were
2: tired. so there's really
1: Yeah, so, like so that's why I said current. current. I'm I'm just a has-been.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> I don't really worry about speed bumps like that. <laughs> I like you guys, it. You guys seemingly get in my way, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there's maybe two. Uh, you know, with Tyron Smith um, mm-hmm. and uh, Trent, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I really... Less mm-hmm. beautiful, I, I just, love it. You know, would hope that you guys get out of my way from doing my job. <laughs> we'll we'll do our best. Uh,
1: top five pass rushers. Uh, now this is interesting to me because obviously that could be D tackles, outside linebackers. We'll put you number one here. I've I've penciled it in already. So who I'm who are your next four best team. pass rushers that you like? Yeah, um, guys,
2: you try and look at it. And, you know, I would say Emile but I I don't even try. Uh, Von Miller, Khalil Mack i um, talk about you know the ability to explode off the line, their mm-hmm. ability to uh, when I say speed of power I think they're just at a different level of speed than I am at, you know. It hurts.
1: <laughs> well you're a bigger it's, guy. Uh, I mean You got more power. Yeah, I
2: mean you know, their first their first three steps are just, you know, um, just overly impressive. Um, you know, if you talk about interior, you go Geno and Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go sleeper, uh Clay is Campbell to round up mm-hmm. my top five. Beautiful. Um, and I, I, I'm probably disrespecting Tanner Jones and uh, Yannick. Okay. Uh, right. Beautiful. And then don't you know? Don't let me forget that. Uh, I'm sure uh, JJ will be back sometime in the near future. Absolutely. Um,
1: so your last NFL game, obviously, was the heartbreaker in Minnesota. Um, your dad's old team. How long did it take you to get over that loss?
2: Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to get over that loss. Mm-hmm. You know, I still talk about, you know, losing to San Francisco in 2011. So, these <laughs> are just, you know, these are things that we, uh, that I'll sort of harp on, and I, I won't let it, you know, sink me, but at the same time, um, it'll be a motivation for next year because, I mean, I've looked at the plane almost 80 times, you know, 200 times, you know, maybe 1,000 times. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but, without harping too much on, it was more along the lines of what could have I have done differently? I mean, had I, go for this process. Uh, could I have sort of recreated um sorry, you know the, the Detroit tackle into a quarterback instead of, you know, allowing Case to, to step up and stock and release the ball. Um, before I can put away anybody, I was trying to see exactly what I could have done. Mm-hmm. I how can I can better myself overseas if I come in here how uh that's motivated me.
1: Absolutely. So your dad actually was a, uh, I think, six-time Pro Bowler for the Vikings. Is that correct? Correct.
2: You know, the doesn't have nine Pro Bowls.
1: And uh, does he ever give you any shit that he has more Pro Bowls than you do?
2: No, no, no. Because, you know, my career is not done. I tell him it's the worst process anyway. Uh do it's six Pro Bowls. He just do not bring it up. Mm-hmm. i do trying to win the Super Bowl, so, you know, maybe I can start uh, screaming this Canton-worthy ideals I have with him, so we'll <laughs> see what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm going on a, uh, I'm going on a uh, campaign, soon.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, your dad, one of the 50 greatest Vikings of all time is what he was named. Um, do you remember, did he ever tell you any stories about playing in the NFL back then, or do you have any memories from when you were a kid and he was either just playing or recently retired uh, that you think would be re- really interesting?
2: I mean, I was like, I was like four when he retired. You know, my, must must memories are along the lines of, you know, being in a stadium at an open stadium and it was snowing. I was cold and miserable and whining, you know? <laughs> um, <I wouldn't laughs> like really most kids. I memories in terms of, yeah. I mean, I was at the point where I was like, what do you remember that and like running around the locker room and jumping on guys? And then of course, you know, we told the stories of, you know, uh, jumping on the likes of Chris Dolman or, um, or uh, who was it? At the day? Yeah, Chris Dolman, or um, Keith Millard, uh, Joey Brown, or you know Darren Nelson, uh, Leo Lewis. It was, it was just a multitude of guys that you're like, oh, they, they had some hype back in the day, you know. Um, and you sort of go from those stories, and like, you know, my dad did a phenomenal job of not making it about himself. In fact, he moved from Minnesota to Arizona, like you know, when I was like, six or seven. And really, it was more along the lines of you know my dad, who had a regular job like everybody else, who's an engineer. Um, even even you know that's not even a job like everybody else. You know, um, the guy who graduated from Brown and made his own his own uh, path in this world. Uh, we sort of took that for granted because he doesn't really talk about football much until we started playing football, and then of course stories start.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh. Does he ever t- give you the old like? uh NFL reminiscent, like back in my day, we had four days and we practiced for twelve hours. And you guys are soft, you're sissies these days. You guys don't even hit each other in practice anymore.
2: Yeah, probably exactly that. When I started complaining <laughs> about how it was, with my first camp, the uh-huh. hundred degrees. The humidity killing me. He's like, dude, you're doing one. You're doing you know two days for you is. Hitting in the morning and walking through in the afternoon. <laughs> so that, you know, we used to do one, one after lunch. And if we, if we called it a walkthrough, you know, we still had full pads on. I was like, okay. okay <laughs> I, get <it. laughs> uh, I get it. You had to walk five miles to practice.
1: I get it. Nice. All right. Uh, last couple questions, then we'll let you go. Uh, New Orleans is known for its food. You seem like a guy that likes to be adventurous. What is your favorite food to eat when you're in New Orleans?
2: Yikes. Uh, char oysters. And there's a couple good spots for that. Um, There's, you know, there's like one place that I go to religiously that I don't even know the name of it. I just always end up going. South of St. Charles, I just know how to get one of those spots where I know how to get there. Uh I can not tell you exactly, like, hey, Kim, how can I get there? You got to follow me. (laughs) (laughs) You take a right at Mr. John and a left at the Smoothie King and go down right before you hit this. Ice cream spot, that's exactly where it is. And you go, oh, that tells me nothing. But it's a lot to
1: (laughs) me. Oh, man. That's awesome. Well, hey, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed it. Cam Jordan, all pro from the New Orleans Saints, thanks for being on the Tomahawk Show. Yeah, I
2: appreciate
0: you having me on. God bless. All right, well, it's time to switch gears. It's time for the Tomahawk Q&A session. You can tweet us your questions on Twitter using hashtag Tomahawk or go to our Reddit page. It's the Tomahawk Show. Joe's got a couple questions here. Let's hear
1: So the first question that I think is kind of funny is uh, from Derek M. Mast on Twitter. He says, hey, at Hawk, I heard you're in BG. If you need swiped into the dining hall, let me know. Hashtag Tomahawk. <laughs> so apparently there is a uh, small troll that looks a lot like Andrew Hawkins running around the Bowling Green campus. Wow. They can't get into the dining hall. Uh so if if you're that person, call Derek Mask on Twitter. I guess you don't call him on Twitter, you would uh direct yeah. message them on Twitter and he'll swipe you into yeah. the dining hall on his dollar. Just apparently. pretend to be Hawk and you'll get a free meal <laughs> yeah. out of it. Apparently, Hawk's getting free meals at Bowling Green. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um NFD, do people ever mistake you for a doppelganger or somebody else, you know, walking around town now that you're a famous podcaster? There's
0: not a whole lot of people without faces. <laughs> so I don't really get a whole lot of, hey, you look like this guy because yeah. I don't really have a face. So yeah. I don't get mistaken for you know professional that's, wrestlers. That's
1: a great point. So our next question is from Leo Lesher on Twitter, at Leo Lesher. He says, Tom Hawk, NFD Hawk, at Joe Thomas 73. Sources say the NFL are going to stop using the collar Rush uniforms. Even though you didn't wear them in a game, what was your opinion on them? Hashtag Tom Hawk. So- I have always hated the color rush uniforms. Really? Every time I turn those Thursday games on and the color Rush are on, I'm cussing at my TV because I just hate them. I'm such a traditionalist when it comes to jerseys. I like seeing the traditional jerseys. And that's part of the reason I hate when college football teams do these crazy jerseys. I just want to be able to turn the TV on and recognize who I'm watching. To be able to cheer for Ohio State or Michigan or Wisconsin or Oregon, whoever it is, I want to be able to recognize the team I'm cheering for. And that's the same thing in the NFL. I don't want to see all white versus all yellow. I don't want to see all purple versus all brown. These are ugly. They're confusing. They're difficult to tell between the teams. And I think it's good that the NFL is moving away from call rush. Yes, I'm sure Nike's mad because they want to sell more jerseys and you know promote their uh, ridiculous jersey combinations that they do in college and in the NFL. But I think it's good because the NFL is a traditional league that prides itself on traditional helmets and jerseys, and I think they need to stick to that. I just think you're an old
0: fuddy-duddy. That is true. So, you were correct on if that. If the Browns came out in all orange, that would be awesome. What? You would like all orange? It would you look like awesome. like the pumpkin I mean, look? Once, no. Once every couple years, It would look awesome. Not like every week, because then it would get boring. Yeah, I think you're wrong, but we digress. Got some questions here from our Reddit page. This one was specifically for you, Joe. Has the newfound fame gone to your head? (laughs) It's for me. Yeah, the newfound fame from the The Tomahawk Show. The newfound fame. It has Because obviously you didn't get any fame from playing an NFL player.
1: Right. As an NFL player, I was largely anonymous, which was tremendous. But now that I'm a big podcast host, number one on iTunes, number one on just about every platform we're on, uh, it's difficult to walk around. I tell you what, people are telling me all the time how great the show is and how much they enjoy it and uh, how it gets them to and from work every day. And a lot of people even sneak it in during work, you know? I think I've seen a stat. Um, Wall Street Journal came out with last week. They were talking about productivity in cities where the Tomahawk Show is uh, on, and it's gone. It's fallen twenty percent, believe it or not, since the Tomahawk Show has started to air back in January. And uh, they're they're blaming a little bit of this last stock market crash on the Tomahawk <laughs> Show because people aren't looking at that work anymore. They're they're too busy waiting to hear what uh, NFD thinks about the color rush uniforms,
0: <laughs> all orange. Uh, I got another one here from Reddit. Joe, what is your favorite cheese? I mean, you're a Wisconsin guy. You got a that lot is of cheeses. The question that's made me the happiest out of any Tomahawk
1: question so far this year. My favorite tw- cheese without fail is Swiss. It's like a very sharp Swiss cheese. Uh, not the baby Swiss, but like the Swiss with the really big holes. I-, I really like Swiss. That's my all-time favorite. But if you get into the more boutique-y cheeses... I like really hard cheeses that are almost crumbly, like the really old-aged cheese. I'm, I'm kind of a cheese snob. so um, I can tell you how like excited you're getting right now. I love cheese. I really do. <laughs> helps bind me up. It's really it's really a nice part of my diet program.
0: What about you, NFD? I was just going to say uh, Swiss.
1: And yeah, just, Swiss just, is great. Just
0: basic Swiss because I, I like yeah. simple things. And yeah. You're over here talking about cheese that's <laughs> falling apart in your hand yeah, and yeah. melts in your mouth.
1: Yeah, yeah it's really good. Uh, I, I love my cheeses. The only cheese that I'm not a huge fan of is blue cheese. And I think blue cheese is like a real divisive type cheese, you know? Um, it's almost like the Johnny Manziel of cheeses, really. You know, blue cheese,
0: you either love it or hate it. There's not a lot of people that are kind of in the middle on blue cheese, just like Johnny. You either love them or you hate them. But when blue cheese came on the Tomahawk show, a lot of people changed their opinion about it. You think so? Yeah. So, all you people out there that uh,
1: might have. People thinking you suck or you're awesome. Come on the Tomahawk show and then everyone's
0: going to think you're awesome. (laughs) I got one last here from our Reddit page. What book is currently on your nightstand? Are you a reader, Joe? I used
1: to like to read before bed. I was more of a magazine guy. I would read like Field and Stream and Outdoor Life and stuff like that. Um, And then I kind of got into history, uh, Middle East type books. After I went to Afghanistan, I was really interested in how different like that part of the world was and their culture and, uh, the, the wars that have been going on and that part of, uh, central Asia forever and ever. So I read a ton of books about that, that were really fascinating, but then we started having kids. And so now my, uh, my nights are spent rocking and cleaning up dirty diapers and, uh, puke. Sounds like a great night. Yeah. A lot of fun. Um, all right. I, I got, I got one for you. So, um, when I was looking through my Twitter, At my airport gate, like I usually do, uh, somebody sent a picture of Finn Balor at the airport from earlier in the week, and it was like his back. It was like (laughs) he was at ticketing, and it was the picture of his back. In your opinion, NFD, is it... No, you don't look anything like him. (laughs) No, that's not my question. Is it okay for a fan to take a picture of the back, secretly of the back of one of their favorite players? Or let's just say
0: they notice a celebrity's there, so they're just going to, like, snap... I think... Abs- Gorilla photos of their back. I say absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think from your point of view, I would like to hear your opinion on this, actually. Is that... that you make making it seem like that's a negative thing. Like, he's just no, secretly I just wanted taking, your opinion. He's secretly taking a picture of you, it seems like... Or yeah. not you, but whoever. Yeah, yeah, You might not like that. But I think my point of view, if I was in your shoes, I think that's actually better than them coming up, bothering you, you know, while you're... I mean, doing something, whatever. Maybe you're at yeah, yeah, the yeah. dinner, yeah. you know, interrupting your dinner and saying, hey, can I get a photo with you mm-hmm. of your face? So they yeah. just take one of your yeah. back instead.
1: yeah. I got no problem with it. I mean, I think, um, as people that are in the public spotlight, like NFT and Finn Balor are, uh, not myself at all, but, um, I think when you go out in public, you expect a certain level of people, uh, I don't want to say bothering you, but getting excited about having you around and they're going to want your autograph and your picture. And sometimes they don't have the courage to ask for your photo and they're just going to take those uh through the bushes shots of your back um it it, as as a guy that's it's happened to before it is a little bit awkward when you notice it because you're like it almost feels like a peeping tom situation you're like well you're taking random pictures of me like when i don't when i'm didn't notice it obviously i notice it now but now it's even more awkward because i'm looking at you and you're just randomly snapping photos of me but i guess that's part of uh being in uh, a
0: famous podcaster like yourself I'm going to admit something here. I have been once asked for my autograph. And I have asked, you really? Should I no sign way. it my real name or NFD? <laughs> what did you sign it? I signed it NFD. That's what they wanted. They, they had a football, and really? they, they have Hawk on it already, oh and they God. got me, and they said they're going to try to track you down.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, here's a question for you to follow up there. Have you ever taken a
0: gorilla photo of somebody?
1: Like, been really excited, whether it's been, I know you're a Big Indians fan or a Cavs fan or... Or maybe a celebrity that you saw. I think so. I think
0: when you're a big celebrity like me, like you know, we're rubbing shoulders with people at these Super Bowl (laughs) parties, and they're coming up and asking for pictures of me. You
1: know, the guy that came to the top of my head right off the bat was Kevin Costner. You know, he was in Berea for a number of months a couple years ago when they were doing the draft day movie. I think you NFD may have even been in the draft day movie. There may be an appearance. There may have been an appearance, and I was wondering if him and Jen Garner, those guys are. Two superstars in Hollywood. If you guys ever took photos of them when they didn't know it, or do they have a lot of handlers that make sure that none of that stuff happens? Uh,
0: they actually were great with uh, when we were filming. They they took pictures with people that wanted. Oh, really? It. Oh, I mean, I wasn't a big, I'm not a big picture autograph yeah, kind yeah, of guy. So yeah. I, I mean, it was cool to be there on the yeah. set and interact. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a whole different world, you know. Like oh, It was yeah. just cool to experience that. Yeah. So there,
1: the moral of this story, the whole episode today on podcast uh, with the Tomahawk Show, is. Jen Garner and Kevin Costner are way nicer people than Andrew Hawkins because they take photos with their fans, (laughs) unlike that jerk Andrew Hawkins who never takes photos with his fans. All right, we're just wrapping up today's show on the Tomahawk Show, and we've got one final question because uh, we were actually talking about before the show started, what do we call our legion of loyal fans? What should be the appropriate nomenclature? So I threw it out there on Twitter. I said, you know, we're recording our show today, and we, we needed to have a one term that describes the loyal tomahawk base. And so I asked people on Twitter, and we're gonna have to vote on it. But let's have a quick conversation here on it. And the first few comments are the Joe Hawked uh, Joe Hawks or the nameless faceless fans. Ooh, I kind of like that one. NFFs, um, the Tomahawkies, no faced fans, Tomahawkers uh 89ers 73 plus 16 equals 89ers
0: <laughs> oh, you gotta An- explain Anjovies. i mean that's good but if you don't have to yeah. explain it the
1: Anjovies, the tomahawkies joe
0: hawkers choppers a lot a lot of ones on, the, on my twitter page none of them really roll off the tongue very easily though like the think, joe hawkians i mean it sounds good in theory but it's tough to yeah, say i think what we need to do is
1: compile maybe the top four and then put it to a twitter poll like we always like to do the joe hawkers Whatever it is, I think it's going to be great, and that's what we're going to call our fan base. So, anyways, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Tomahawk Show. I am your humble co-host, Joe Thomas. With me today was uh, my fill-in co-host, NFD, because uh, Andrew Hawkins was a wall for part of today's show. And thanks again to Cam Jordan for calling in. We had a great conversation Earlier in the show, I know he was stuck in that tunnel over in uh, the bottom of Argentina in a basement (laughs) somewhere in the middle of a tornado, but we really appreciate you going to all efforts to be able to get under the Tomahawk Show. And until further notice, let's go
0: straight to you, Mr. Hawkins, Joe Hawk Yourself.